Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. A musical podcast. For musical minds. I am Mike here with Luke and Jeff again here in the beautiful sun porch. Yeah. Lit nicely with the with the lights. <laughs> How else would it be lit? <laughs> <laughs> From the sun, Jeff. Oh, okay. um, today we're going to kind of free form it. We got a couple things we want to talk about. Free ball it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, as soon as you said freeform, I thought he's going to double back. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's going to. Yeah, you know I have to. <laughs> it's a response. I'm, you know, I have to hold myself you know accountable. Too well. Um, so, first things first, I wanted to start off with saying rest in peace. <laughs> yo, you too soon. Yo, you can't go. Oh, you can, but Mike's like, I'm going to freeball it. All right, rest in peace. Rest in peace to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what? Whatever. Best of both worlds here. Yeah, man. Listen, it's the yin yang. It's the, the the darkness and the light. It's the ball swinging in the air and the cold, cold sleep of death. Hashtag you will be missed. <laughs> Hashtag gone too soon. Uh, so, Mikis Theodorakis was a Greek composer. Uh, his claim to fame, uh, for like internationally, I would say, is he did the soundtrack for the uh, the movie Zorba the Greek. Oh, sure, yeah. He's the guy. Of course. Uh, he passed away at 96 years old, wow. and he had a very interesting life. He was known, at, he was like a known Marxist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the leader of a communist group in Greece, uh, especially around the time of the uh, political Greek junta from 1967 to 1974. And he was the type of person who I think, you know, it's that whole. Uh, what was it, Woody Guthrie thing, where it's like this machine kills fascists. It was that sort of a thing just happening in Greece, you know. Mm. Uh, and his whole approach was mostly like, no, I'm going to write the music that sparks this sort of like rebellion. Um, he lived in exile for a couple of years. He lived in Paris. He was also imprisoned. He was imprisoned during the junta, but he was also, I think, imprisoned during World War II by Nazis in a prison camp. Mm. So he led a pretty crazy life. Um, but I just wanted to shout him out just because, um, you know, he's one of those guys who just, he wrote operas and he was, you know, composer, singer, songwriter, like everything, man. This guy did everything. And he was kind of the soundtrack for Greece in the late 60s into the early 70s, you know, during this sort of, uh, you know, tumultuous time. In Greece, and there was quite a few musicians at the time. Uh, Nikos Xilouris was somebody that I think we've talked about on the podcast before. He was a Cretan uh, folk singer who also, you know, kind of went pop, but he was another one who was very vocal during that time uh, in Greece. So, yeah, so rest in peace, Mikis Theodorakis. You will be missed. That was this week in Michael's Cretan Corner. Cretan Corner. Opa! Opa! That should be a section. Cretan Corner. Cretan Corner. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, So, moving on randomly, um, just wanted to bring up, yesterday was Beyonce's 40th birthday. So, uh, I went down the Beyonce rabbit hole, and um, 
it's kind of surprising the amount of music that she's put out uh, before 40. And she is arguably like the biggest pop star on the planet. Um, and so it, it was a good time to uh, go down her discography and listen to some albums. I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of Beyonce, but I got pretty heavy, heavy into her like probably five, six, seven-ish years ago when she put out her self-titled album, Beyonce, which I think was her it was either her fourth or fifth studio album because she had a lot of good singles before then. But I'd listen to the full album and I'd be like, eh, I mean, it's pop, it's good, but only like half of it is hitting me. And then the self-titled album came out and that dropped like a surprise drop. It was the first surprise drop she did where she had, a, it was a whole visual album. So it was an hour of music videos too. And uh, yeah, I love every song off of that. And then she did Lemonade after that. And uh, yeah, just an icon. So happy birthday to Beyonce. The queen. The, the queen. queen. 40 years old. And um, I mean, if you compare other pop singers and their careers and what they achieve by the time they're 40, she is uh, plowing ahead. She's done a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, appreciate how she is keeping the album alive in yeah. uh, an yeah. albumless day and age. Yeah. And, and when when she puts out an album, it's very interesting because she collaborates with so many different people making these albums. And it does take a long time because not just the music, but doing the videos and the videos are like full movie productions and they never leak. Like she's the only pop singer now. Or she's the only like artist now that people on the internet, like they can't find her stuff and leak it. I, I don't know. Her legal team and all that stuff must be. Yeah. You know, very yeah. Very formidable. You're right. Cause like even like, uh, the, I was reading some uh, drama between Drake and Kanye this morning where uh, Drake got like a leaked Kanye song and I was like, man, how would you even get that shit? Yeah. Well, because, you know, if someone's featured on a song, then like someone that they know that they knows that they know that they know might have a copy of the file, just like, yeah. you know, management or other producers or whatever, agents and people. Yeah, I mean, you figure things. like if we have musical ideas, we email it to each other, we share it, right? Yeah. So I would imagine that you know, the same right. thing happens even for bigger artists and stuff. Mm. Did you, not to go off course too much here from Beyonce, but did you listen to the new Kanye album? Oh, uh, we're going to get into it. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't listened to it yet, so that's why I was curious what what your thoughts were because you're the Kanye guy, so that's why I was I was wondering. You know what? If I mean, unless anybody wants, we can just segue into that. If yeah, sure. Um, I'm starting to I'm starting to say I was the Kanye guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he hasn't. Put I mean, out, he hasn't put out anything that I've connected to in five years. Yeah, because I mean, Jesus as a king was a snoozer, and it's it's fine. Like it's, I mean, yeah, Jesus as king honestly was the best thing that he's put out in these five, or the thing that I connect to the most in these five years. But the Yay self titled album, which was really like an EP, it's seven songs, is like twenty six minutes. Yeah, it's like a bunch of half ideas. Yeah. And he's in this new thing, which, like, it was kind of interesting when he would do it for, like, little a line here and there, but kind of, like, off-the-cuff, like, da-da-da type of lines and mishmash. And, like, so it sounds more stream of consciousness and not like he wrote out everything. But now, in the past three years, he puts out so much stuff where you're like, yo, you're blah blah blind through fucking whole verses. Right. And, like, thinking that it's interesting or thinking that it's like, well, this is the real me. Like, I'm not manufactured and i just get in there and i fucking spit hot 
dog shit. You know, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about the collaborative nature of like the album release where he like was tweaking it until the last moment? Because for me, it for me, I was just like, man, it doesn't really seem like you're owning this art moment. It seems like you're letting other people. I don't know. But then it also had like a like a, a collaborative nature that is interesting. But at the same time, if it's your artistic statement, like just like really craft it then and like have it come from you. I don't know. I Kanye's whole thing, especially since the divorce. Not well, not since the divorce, but like since basically for the last decade. So since, um, like his mom died in two thousand seven, and he made eight hundred eights heartbreak, and heartbreak as a response to how he's feeling. Then he had broken up with his longtime fiance, et cetera, at the same time. And then he had the Taylor Swift, like, I'm drunk off shit, and I, you know, make a fool of myself. And then he had the the comeback album, My Beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy, after that incident. And that is, like, his masterpiece. And then he was just, like, more emboldened and more, like, I'm the biggest thing in the world, does Watch the Throne, which was successful and good and all that. Um, But then he, like, wants to be a fashion designer and an architect and all this stuff. And he's like raging against the machine of whatever he thinks he's raging against, yeah. and makes Jesus, which I I love Jesus. Yeah. Um. And Jesus seemed like this half made project where he he showed up to Rick Rubin and he played like two hours of of tracks and it, none of it had vocals on it. Rick Rubin's like, all right, when are you releasing this? Like in three or four months? And he's like, no, I'm re- the album's coming out in ten days. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But at least Jesus like. There's there's not a moment of the da da blah 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 mismatch not rhyming bullshit on that whole album because he sat down he took that fucking week and a half and he wrote everything out. Um and he had ideas before that anyway. But since then it's just like he has great his ability to have really good musical tracks, but lyrically, like for someone where if you look at the track list and like Luke said the collaborative effort you look at the co-writers of songs and he'll have like 15 people co-writing. He'll have like four different people producing. And at the end of the day, it's like, it still sounds like half finished nonsense. Right. Like, when you can't claim genius fucking, yeah. when you have this many people on your credits too. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think he sees himself more as a director, you know, like a movie director where he like is yeah. hiring all good people. And I get that. Like it's cool. But the end result is still just like, he might have all have just been off in isolation, just in his own madman fucking, you know, mentality and doing shit, and he would have come out with the same goddamn thing. Yeah, like it's just. It also it's seems, disappointing. To yeah, me, it also seems like there is. I mean, again, I haven't like soaked in it because we also said it's an hour and what forty five minutes. The you know, new album, yeah, it's, it's crazy. An hour long. longer than any album should it, ever be. It. <laughs> <laughs> like also, for real, if an album's longer than fifty minutes, I don't give a. F- there's got to be some. F- there's got to be some chaff on it. There's got to be some shit that's you know not not great. If you're putting out an hour of an album, a half hour of that needs to be the best music you've ever made in your life. Yes, for yeah. me to want to even stick around for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right, like even for me to listen like the White Album, I'm like I don't want to listen to all of it all the time. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just and that's the goddamn yeah. Beatles. So I listen to it. <laughs> Well, I, if you ask Kanye, he's up there with the Beatles. Dude, I I, well, I I listen to it and it's just it's it seems like sketches. There are some songs 
that are good, but Kanye is not the he's not the guy anymore. Like I don't I didn't listen to this album and go, wow, these are like groundbreaking like musical ideas and these are like this is a new territory and he's taking electro and he's taking like crazy industrial music and he's taking classic soul and he's like putting them all in a blender. This album was just like honestly it was like a fucking snooze fest and his last two three things have been snooze fest for me do you think that room in the arena had houses or the house in the arena had rooms to say (laughs) rather that was all i could think of i was like do you think he furnished it i I bet you he did well and here the thing about the 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 show and then staying there for a week and tweaking stuff and whatever whatever do your whatever your process is your process if you're gonna show all the music quote unquote tweak it and rewrite it show it again quote unquote tweak it rewrite show it again quote unquote tweak it's like shouldn't have gotten better in that process (laughs) like honestly like you're crowdsourcing what right i don't know what the word but but like you're trying to get all these opinions and like supposedly you're honing it to be whatever like his album from 2016 the life of pablo that is like such a sprawling kind of a mess of an album and that's the one where he put it out on streaming and then he did keep changing the mixes and like who was featured and whatever and he kept like re-updating it on the streaming sites for the next like three four months so if you listen to it you could hear like oh he brought up the snares or he like added the synthesizer thing during a chorus or like he just he took out this person feature on a track and he put this other person so that was more of like oh okay and the album got better for those things. Hmm. So that was like a cool, actual successful, like, well, the album isn't finished until I say it's finished. And I kind of feel like Kanye at this point, it's like he relies too heavy on like the brand Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Like another, it's kind of like, like you look at like Gibson Guitars or you look at like Harley Davidson. You look at like these yeah. big juggernaut sort of corporations and stuff like that where they're like, you're just paying for the net. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily that the quality is better, but it's still got that stamp, yeah. that quote-unquote stamp of approval of the manufacturer. You know what I mean? So I feel like Kanye has a similar thing where he's like, yeah, at one point I wrote this, you know, groundbreaking music and all that, but it's like the Wells kind of tapped out, and he's like, yeah, but no, I'm still Kanye. And you're like, well, yeah, you are, but are you really? You know, like, yeah. so know. the music just didn't connect for me. You know what I'll say? There's a difference between music and if you're trying to make music or if you're trying to make art. Mm. Music, you can you can love it, you can like it, you can not like it, you can hate it. Art, though, you could like put all this meaning into it that doesn't exist. You could not understand it. You could dismiss it completely. Like it's a whole different thing. Mm. You could look at a painting and just be like, yeah, I don't even like those colors. So like, I'm moving on to the next one in the gallery. Whereas you know it's. And that's what he's always said. I'm an artist. Like I'm, I'm like Da Vinci. I'm like fucking, you know. He all Pablo Picasso. He's always comparing himself Beethoven. to that kind of stuff. And it's like you know what? Well, then let's call it what it is. It's art rhymes with fucking fart. <laughs> Sometimes you like it, you're the master man, and it's musicians. A lot of music. You're like, just give me what I want. Just give me what I want as a consumer. Art. They're like, fuck you. I'm doing what I want. And you know what, Kanye West. This was fucking dog shit. It's boring. Yeah, boring. boring. Who gives a fuck? Like, um, especially an hour and 45 minutes. If it was 45 minutes, I would still say it's boring. An hour yeah. and 45 minutes, it was a grind for me to listen to the whole thing. And yeah. I I love, 
the first decade of of or really the first 14 15 years of Kanye West's career I love that music it's some of my favorite music and I love the brashness and like the combative nature and the douchebaggery and the just like I am who I am yeah the hubris like it yeah but it's like you know what you are who you are Kanye then and right now you ain't hitting man you're a 45 year old dude who's like run out of fumes or you think you think this is the shit you, maybe i know he's putting this stuff out and he's going i don't give a fuck if people don't like it in the moment because you know what? in 25 years people are gonna look back and i it's like do you think maybe that kanye whatever. like whatever it is in a, in a way do you think he maybe like spread himself too thin in the way of being like mentally yes well yeah right like in the well yeah. f- even from just like a practical perspective like it's like all right well you're the artist and you want to create music but when you were dealing with uh you know manufacturing shoes and clothes and trying to do architecture and trying to do all you know what i mean he has so many stokes in the fire that it's like how can you concentrate on his four children too he has four children under the the age of like six years old yeah i mean he's got nannies though he's got to have nannies. no i know but like still (laughs) the mental responsibility right right of course yeah it's just like you know it's it just wasn't hitting there i i've I had to think like, what is the song that I liked off of it, and and off the grid was the one song, and that's like the one song. If you read any review about that, people are like, yeah, this song was hitting because like, it's an actual like song, yeah, and it like the people who feature on it are killing it, and Kanye's decent on it, and like the beat is interesting, yeah, and then the rest of it is like, oh, whatever, man, I don't care, yeah, whatever. Maybe it's just Kanye's prog phase. No, I mean, this is just his I mean, fart I don't know. face. Yeah, it's just lost in the woods. There's a fine lost line between woods. genius and stupid. It's for real. So, uh, do you want to move on from the uh, to the uh, music video we all watched? Taylor? Yes, actually, because well, Drake sort of yeah. inter- intertwines so, in so here. Night and day, because you know what, Drake isn't making fucking high art. He's making music because he's the biggest. He's the biggest thing on the planet. Yeah, his album released it, within the one day. Certified Lover Boy was the most played album, most streamed album in a one day period ever. And in that one day, it already was the most streamed album of this year. Holy shit. Granted, this is fucking music trickery in the business and like they hire out a bunch of computer banks in fucking Nova Scotia and right, like right. fucking Sweden and Iceland and China and Taiwan and like they just have servers running and shit on repeat. And Drake super fans just like start the album in the college dorm room and put it on repeat and they leave for the day and it just plays all day long. Right, right. So it's fucking it's fuckery. But I will say though, long album, but it's fucking music. I put it on if I'm in the Drake mood. I listen to the album. I listened to it this morning. I've listened to it four times. It's like yeah. Also, whatever. the difference seems to be that when you're trying to make something and you're coming in from high art, you already have like a standard in your head of what high art is. Right. And when you have a standard of we're having fun, right. And like this is a vibe, and this is music that everyone can enjoy, yeah, whether yeah. you're young, old, male, female, yeah, man, gay, it's, straight. It whatever. doesn't. Yeah. I think like that the best like art in like the musical sense, and that like is shit that's not going for the high art thing, but because of just the statement it is, it makes high art. Whether it's talking about things that are low art, you know what I mean? Well, like, I, the album covers emojis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like it's Demi- d- designed by Damien Hurst. The most, the richest artist currently alive. But it's like, oh no, shit. Which is like, but the, the cover fuck? is so, <laughs> just emojis. It's yeah. so striking, though. Have you seen it? No, it's, I it's seen the, the emoji cover. of the pregnant uh, woman. It's just like, it's like twelve pregnant women 
all different ethnicities and like shirt colors and they're all <laughs> it's so good it's so striking though it's so that's oh, that's, I've artist. seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, you've seen that. I didn't already. realize it's that so that, was, that was the album cover, though. And then, I just like, was like, oh, somebody posted a thing with The album it. name is great. Certified lover boy. Yeah, man. I was like. And he's like in on it. Yeah, like he the, knows who he is. He knows he's the right. biggest star on the planet. Well, that's the thing I liked about Whatever. the, at least the, like with the music video, is the fact that it's like, you know, if we're talking like, if we're A being, right, him and Kanye, like we're talking about the contrast between the two and stuff, is like. I think that's the problem with Kanye is that it's like he takes it so serious and you're like, there's there's wiggle room for humor in here. Like, you know, and that's why I like the Drake, especially the music video, because it's like you can see he's having fun. He's not taking himself too seriously. You know, he's real about it. You know, like the uh, the the Drambo scene where he's like firing off the machine gun. First of all, this is the music video called Way Too Sexy. Oh, yes. Anybody wants to watch it. Yeah. Um, Um. yeah, but yeah. to say what you were saying, it sounds like um, I mean, it doesn't sound like, but it looks like uh, it reminds me of the Foo Fighters because, like, you know, like learning. Oh, dressing like dra- dressing in drag. And yeah, stuff, like yeah. the the airplane scene. Yeah, they're playing all the different characters, yeah. and yeah, that's what it reminded me of too. And like, learn like in those Foo Fighters songs, he's like they're singing about like some serious stuff. You know what I mean? But like in the in the whole thing, it's like you know, just kind of like I don't know, have, having way too much fun with it. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's going back. Kanye West used to be like very funny and tongue in cheek and like, you know, cringy funny and like Michael Jackson jokes and shit like that and whatever. Um, but Drake is like fully he, that that's his thing now. Yeah. He's like, I know who I am. I know I know I'm the dude who both raps about all the women I can get bragging about it and then on the next song i rap about how lonely and heartbroken i am like (laughs) he's like i know who i am like i know that that's the dichotomy of like what my persona is yeah so i'm just gonna embrace it i'll make a video the song is way too sexy so the sample is i'm too sexy by right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like and it's all these tropes of like romance novels and action movies and boy band videos and future and young thug are on it and they're like there's one scene where they're in the desert and they're like all in white, like the Backstreet Boys, and they're doing like the hand motion moves. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like they're in on it and it's fun music and it's, you know, the it, content of yeah. the Drake album. There's some serious stuff. He's a dad now. He has like a three year old kid and all that stuff. But even like the, the, the samples fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the it's the yeah. whole thing from start to finish was like. This is, yeah. you know, in yeah, like the the beer belly thing. Yeah, yeah he's like he's like yeah. strutting down the beach, <laughs> looking <laughs> like a weird forty eight year old. Yeah, guy. yeah, the, like the hair is gray. I, and... I love the part where it's, uh, I think it's it's the cartoon of future. Yeah, and he's like standing in like the market, and he like looks at the one girl, and she just instantly becomes pregnant, and then he looks at the other one, and then she instantly becomes pregnant. Like it made me laugh so hard, man. Oh, it made man. me laugh so so yeah, hard. Yeah, it, re- it reminds me of what John Mayer's doing, where it's like yeah. huge stars. Who know this is the internet, man. The internet that people are gonna troll you. They're gonna fucking, you know, the internet's brutal. So it's better to be in on the joke. It's better to right. like embrace the fact that you know what? If you're a corn, <laughs> if you're kind of corny, if you laugh at yourself first, no one can laugh at you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that like, that right. John Mayer record, man. It could have. <laughs> that John Mayer record annoys <laughs> me though because it could have been like his best record. Yeah. And he just kind of like, eh. He dropped the baton near the end. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this could have been your back. Because I'm on board to, like, make some goofy music. Yeah. But, like, I'm more in the way, like, Steely Dan makes goofy music and it sounds cool. Like, John Mayer just was a little too... If he had gone... If he got 10% more in that 80s Don Henley 
Yes. It would have been even better. Yes. He, uh, I feel like he backed off a little bit in the music. Yeah, because I feel and like the, the music doesn't necessarily match the image of the record. Yeah, like the, it could have been like pushed yeah. away. Or like even I wanted some more. like corny 80s synths and there's more. I want more, man. No, I want no, more, no. more. For me, it was like the uh, that fucking song, Why You Know Love Me. Why uh, You Know Love Me. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. Ugh. Like, try, like you could have wrote. There's better. Obviously, there's better lyrics. Like, yeah, or at he, the very least, yeah. give us some of that like uh, uh, Forever Man style Eric Clapton shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're wearing the double-breasted suit jacket, bro. Like, give us some of that corny Clapton vibe too. You know. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's all good. What are you gonna do? So anyway, but if <laughs> you want to listen, if you want to listen to a good album that is, you know, just come, just came out this weekend. <laughs> Listen to the Drake album. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, Drake is, uh, there's a reason he's the number one dude right now. Yeah. Because it's good music. Like, I don't know, man. I just throw it on. I don't fucking get all tied up into it. I enjoy what I enjoy if I start a track. Because that's really, the the backing tracks of Drake stuff are so well done. They're yeah. so layered. Who's his producer? He works with a lot of people, but his main producer is a guy named Forty, who's like a guy that he's known from Canada, he's they've known each other since they were teenagers. The Degrassi days. Yeah, so like forty, Real all that, Jimmy. all that, like all that, like enveloped, like under the, you know, all the high pat, all the high filter stuff is off it, so it's all just like, it's like that underwater feeling. That's the forty trademark. Uh, on this album, he he has been working with this other guy named Oz, who is um, from Europe, but. Um, Oz is a guy who like does that forty sound. So Wonder Girl is another one he works with. Um, I forget else who else produced stuff on the album, but you know it's it's interesting and it's you know evocative and it's just like I don't know it's just it's just good music and Drake yeah. Drake raps rapping singing you know a little bit of everything. The features on it are great. He has like ten people featured, and they're all the people: Nicki Minaj, Future, yeah. Young Thug, um, Lil Baby, uh, Travis Scott, Jay Z. So it's like all the people who are like, th- if you'd made the top twenty of hip hop right now, he got ten of the top twenty yeah. on his album. So it's like, and it's like give the people what they want. Like if you're a exactly. pop, if you're a pop artist, give exactly. the people the pop art. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I I just. I don't think that that is a demerit, you know, it's not, you know, and it, I don't know. I I just, I mean, all of Drake's music really like, I don't Drake it to me. It's like a 11 PM type of sound because Mm -hmm. of that. Like, no, there's a lot, not a lot of highs on stuff. And so it's a little bubbling and a little moody, but this new album is brighter and bigger and more daylight sounding to me. But you know, yeah, he's just like he's very consistent. I should I will say, where he puts out some stuff where you just go, well, this is skippable. A couple tracks in each album, but he's very consistent. Yeah, right on, guys. Right on. So we'll uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Most of us, i.e. comedians, treat open mics as a necessary evil. But not Silas P. Every week, Silas talks to a veteran of the sights, sounds, and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. Holds it, has the power. Welcome back. Welcome back. Luke just overrode me and hit the record button. This is getting the garage. Getting the, the garage. Garagely. What? The Pineapple Express. Thank Come you. On, Come on, man. I'll be staying I'm there. so happy you got under, that, under though, because I, I said it as I was saying, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I hope Come they get on, this man. reference. You know how many times I've seen that movie? Garage. Before? You threw it all over my printer. <laughs> I've seen it once. Ah, chicken fries. It's good. I've yeah. seen it in this house. It's good. Yes, you did. Yeah. We had a movie night one yeah. night, the many was, moons the ago. The flies in the ointment. The, <laughs> the lion will speak. <laughs> the, lion, yeah, the lion will speak. My favorite movie night here was... Uh, Safety first, then friendship. Amadeus. <laughs> oh. I'm overdue for an Amadeus yeah, viewing. Too. Four hours. We're going to have to do an episode. It was not four hours. It's three hours and 45 minutes, probably. It's yeah. close. Yeah, it's, it's close. fucking long. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to go director's go to, cut. Yeah, extended. Yeah. Mozart! Does he say at the end, I, abs- <laughs> I absolve you. I absolve all the mediocrities people. everywhere. <laughs> the saint of mediocrity. I like that guy that was mad at Mozart. Yeah, yeah. So, that's Salieri. Yeah, I like how he was jealous. My favorite thing is when he's like super, super pissed and he's standing in front of the crucifix and he's like, grazie, signore. <laughs> With his fucking devil. And he takes it and throws it in the fire. You're know, like, oh my God. Go, this is going to be the next Get, Dude, the, get in the Garage goes to the movies. Honestly, oh, we should. That's the one. That should be our next but podcast. But I think of my favorite movies, I, Amadeus, I never think about it. It's easily a top 10 favorite movie. Yeah. Easily. Oh my I've seen God. that movie like 30 times. Oh, they're all so beautiful. I, I wish that. I had three heads. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> and I knew at that moment he had had her. He had had <laughs> the, the creature. <laughs> That wasn't him laughing. That was God. God. <laughs> that was God channeling through that. that, how, would, that how would you say? Too many notes. There are, too many there are notes. only so many notes that you can hear in one night. That's so yeah, funny. It's oh such God. a funny movie. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous. Talk about funny another movie. accidental comedy. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, I think the, that shit's funny on purpose. Grazie. That movie is so out there. My favorite, what he's like talking about, what he like grew up in the village, and then he's like, and then a miracle, and the miracle is that he's dad just dad dad dying, dad. choking on you know whatever he's eating, his fucking oh manicotti or whatever the fuck they're eating. Yo, that is such a fun, such a good movie. <laughs> it's not only so funny; it's just so good. Yeah. Oh my god, that is that's on the short list. We have we have our next movies ones. Will be. We'll do Amadeus. We got to do Spinal Tap. Oh. We have to do Spinal Tap. We got to do... We didn't do Last Waltz. No. We no. Because oh, COVID hit us all and all that. Yeah, because we were going to do it for Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So we're going to Maybe this that. Thanksgiving we'll actually yeah. do it. Roast yeah. a little uh, little baby turkey. Yeah. yeah. Have a little dinner and a podcast sesh. I could yeah. sing you guys Coyote. Oh, please. You're just a victim of circumstances. Is Johnny Mitchell just walking White around? lines on the highway. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. <laughs> no regrets, Coyote. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, we got we got a lot of music movies coming up. Yeah, there's so many good ones. And all of which are accidental comedies, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> they all end up they, they try to be so serious and then you're like, What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Oh my god. So funny. Anyway. Right on. So Moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's. we're going to talk about what we've been listening to uh, as of late. Luke, why don't you start us off? Because you, you sent me something you listened to. Yeah, I listened morning. to, uh, how would you pronounce this artist's name? Morley? M-O-R-L-Y? Morley sounds right. Yeah. Um, Morley so, and Me? Isn't that the movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Golden Doodle. Golden uh, doodle. Good and Doodle. The Good and Doodle. Uh, yeah, so uh, I listened to this new record uh, till I start speaking this morning, uh, and it came out like a week ago or this week. Um, it was really kind of jazzy, low key, um, female singing, great. Like it was bassy, but spacey and not like yeah. overly demanding. I listened to the whole thing; it's about thirty-five minutes long. Um, songs I liked off it were uh, "Dance to You," um, and I really liked um, "Jazz Angel." Um, which was rather jazzy, uh, parentheses Bill. So it kind of gave me like, um, obviously it might have been like my own just like, you know, leanings, but it gave me like Bill Elvin-Z, piano-y like yeah. vibes. Um, yeah, I really liked this record. It was cool. I wanted to listen to something new this morning, and this was uh, it was really, really good. It was like a good breakup-y love love record you know that kind of thing like every flavor of like love and heartache and yeah. all that stuff was uh present and i uh really enjoyed it yeah so uh morley just came out till i start speaking try it out try it out try it out try it out give you at least nikki now i can just see his face god damn it for those who know no god damn it jeffrey um, so <laughs> someone I've been listening to, uh, so Luke shared that with me this morning and someone I had happened to be listening to because she was featured on Drake's album, Certified Lover Boy. So I listened to Certified Lover Boy came out this weekend, but this artist, Yeba, who is a female singer, I think she's from Atlanta-ish region. Um, she had her own track on that called Yeba's Heartbreak. So it was like a minute and a half of her, just her, no Drake on the track. And I heard it, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I've, yeah, but, like, she is so great. She had this uh, single come out, I think, like, 2017, 2018, called Evergreen, which, if you have the chance to listen to a song today, look up Yeba Evergreen and listen to it, and you'll just be like, holy shit. It's gospel tinge R&B. It's, like, four vocal harmony layers. It's catchy as all hell. It's so beautiful sounding. Um, and so... I listened to that. I checked out more of her stuff. She only has singles out right now. However, I saw that, and immediately I'm disappointed because for the last four years, all she has is like 10 singles. And I'm just like, yo, put an album together. Like, she's so great. She was featured on um, PJ Morton's uh, live album a handful of years ago, and she kills it. She does a version of How Deep Is Your Love on that by the hmm. Bee Gees, and it's amazing. And so I see it, and I'm just like, goddamn, still just singles? It's like 12 singles? Like, what the fuck? But I see, like, the last four have all been released in 2021, and the art, the single artwork was of a similar kind to each other. So I thought, oh, maybe this is something else. I looked it up, and her debut full length is coming out at the end of this week. Oh, oh nice. So, so check out the singles by <laughs> Yeba and get ready for the debut album because 
her voice. She basically, she's like an American Adele with way more control and nuance. And like Adele's cool. Adele does her thing. But Adele is a little one note in my opinion. And she, I think, I think that is kind of the case anyway, because every tour by Adele, she gets burned out and she gets like um, nodes on her vocal cords and stuff. Cause she kind of sings at one level the whole time. And Yeba like does these like powerhouse runs that like end with like whispery notes, and you're like, holy shit! Like control, the control is insane. Mm. I listened to some of those singles this morning, and it sounded like the influences, like you were saying, like mm. it was like kind of Adele, but like the influences were way more like interesting and yeah. Um, eclectic. Yeah, she's been a backup singer for Chance the Rapper. Um, working with Drake, she worked on Ma- Mark Ronson, the producer. Um, who worked with Amy Winehouse. He's done oh, a couple okay. full album projects that he's been like the mastermind of that feature a bunch of different vocalists. His last album, I think she was featured on at least two of the songs. Um, I forget the name of the album, but if you look it up by Mark Ronson, it's the cover is a, it's like a disco ball sh- in the shape of a heart. So okay. Yeba's on a couple of those tracks. Amazing. Um, so she's someone to check out that I've been listening to recently. That album was called Nothing Breaks Like a Heart. Yes. Great album. Because the, you know, his first album is much more kind of 70s, 80s, funky soul kind of stuff. And then the Nothing Breaks Like a Heart is like poppy, disco-y kind of influence stuff. Mm. Um, another one, I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't know. If I didn't oh. mention it, check out the Halsey record. I probably brought it up, but check oh, it out. Oh, no, you didn't. You haven't talked about that one. Sorry, that wasn't the name of the album. That's the name of the single off the album. The name Miley of the album is called yeah. Late Night Feelings. Okay. I didn't talk about Halsey last week? Nope. nope. No Halsey, I don't think. Oh. Halsey's album, If I If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, uh, is like Halsey's a good pop artist who's kind of like moody and... Um, darker kind of edge of pop. Diary. Yeah. Diary right. lyrics. Uh, her new album is insanely good. It is like the pinnacle of when, when I heard her sing and I watched her interviews and she said like, I love kind of like industrial music and like garbage and like stuff like that, that like dirtier, darker nineties kind of electric pop music. Um, she always said that she loved Nine Inch Nails, and this whole album was produced by Nine Inch Nails. Hmm. So all of the music is Nine Inch Nails, and then it's Halsey singing on top of it. That's pretty cool. And it's oh no way. And it's not the like <laughs> type of Nine Inch Nails from the early '90s. It's the nuanced, like atmospheric soundtrack, but also with you know kind of discoy type of shit in it and kind of there is some of that grindy industrial stuff at moments it's insanely good she just had a child so like the whole album is about motherhood and the struggles of that and like her whole new life and new perspective and blah 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 but uh i can't speak highly enough about it so just check it out for yourself uh if i can't have love i want power it's just that's like when we talk about pop, pop meeting art that was like that's what i want Hmm. is someone who's like fully pushing their sound to the extreme while also like staying true to like giving people what they want. Right. Yeah. Nice blend. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I have been going down the Mars Volta rabbit hole. Oh, it's a twisty, turny road. It's yeah, it's intense. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I just once I once I started getting into it, I was like, oh man, you know. And then I just start, you know, it snowballs. Do you have a top three? What would your top three albums be? Um, probably the probably the first three. So Delau's in the Comatorium, yep. Francis the Mute, yep. and uh, Ambutexture. Yep. Um, I haven't really listened to more of the. I mean, I say recent, but I mean the, the fourth album came out in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, I mean Delau's was the album that I got was the first Mars Volta record that I that I owned. Yeah. Uh, Inertiac ESP is like the song on yeah. on the record. Um, but I also really, really love Francis the Mute. Something that's interesting about that album too that I found out was that uh, that album is based off of a journal that was found in a tow truck, or not a tow truck, well, a car that was towed, mm-hmm. uh, about like a um, um, shit. It was well, it was written by it was a journal from this guy who was like struggling with like mental health issues and stuff like that. Um, so it's interesting that they like pulled, you know, um inspiration from that but uh omar rodriguez lopez is like the mastermind behind the mars volta and i just love them it's kind of like freak rock meets prog rock meets everything everything there's like yeah. there's you know like uh like a lot of latin a lot of yeah, latin influences in there and stuff like that like you know i just i really really like them and there was a band because i mean we talked about it either last episode or the episode before but you know i was kind of getting heavy into like the mastodon we were talking about baroness and all yeah. that stuff mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wanted a little bit more of that prog rock flavor, but I wanted something a little bit different. And uh, and yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a lot of the Mars Volta. The record. You, have you ever gotten into them, Luke? No. Oh, oh they're good, man. They're really good. It's like I, if Led Zeppelin grew up in like a Mexican barrio. I always get them confused <laughs> like, with uh, real, uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars. And then oh, I'm like, don't ever. No, the, no, no, get, no. You know, I I get a little. Thirty Seconds to Mars is what. You two would be if they wanted to be like Queen. You two is but yeah, Amputecture was the 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 album that I've yeah. been listening to a lot lately. Um and yeah, just another one where it's like, yeah, there's soundscapey aspects, there's heavy aspects, there's like great riffs, there's fun solos. I know that Sean I, Frashanti is yeah, I was from say. Chili Peppers plays guitar on uh all their albums except the last Two, yeah, and they have Flea. Or the last one, I Flea guess. features on. I think the first Delouse, one or he's two. The bassist, yeah, right? he's on Delouse. Yeah, oh, my fa- one of my favorite bass players is the is their bass player Juan Alderete, mm. who um was actually he got in a very serious bicycle accident like two years ago, and had se- severe brain injury, and um I think he's back to playing bass, but he plays like mostly a fretless bass, and uh he was a dude. He was in the like speed instrumental metal band Racer X in the eighties with Paul Gilbert. Oh yeah, yeah. So like crazy. So he's got the chops. He's got crazy chops, but he has such great feel and such great just like instincts. And um, yeah, Juan Alderete, great bass player. And they have uh, uh, Ike Owens as their keyboard player is great, who played on all their albums except um, the last one or two. I like Francis Mute, uh, Bedlam, and Goliath. And Amputecture. Bedlam and Goliath featured is their first album because they had different drummers. That's an album with Thomas Pridgen, who was like a child prodigy, like gospel chops dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's like, he does more fills per second that you could ever even like write down or figure out. <laughs> yeah. He plays, a, he plays a set, he uses 18 inch crash cymbals as hi hats. 
<laughs> like, and, is he me? And he, yeah. he plays it and he can do like type of eighth notes with it while he's doing everything. You're like, yeah. Jesus Christ, this guy's a maniac. But the John Theodore stuff, that which is Francis and uh, Ampitecture, like John Theodore's a madman too. And yeah, yeah, great band. It's, I love their music. Their music is pretty exhausting though. Oh yeah, it's like it's sensory Demanding. overload. Yeah, because yeah. it's prog rock meets like speed. Speed. Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. There's a lot of like really fast, and then it lurches and it goes into like just like like castanets and bongos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like. And you're like, and then it goes, yeah, and the singing's all like. Well, yeah, his voice too is just so incredible. His his range is yeah, Cedric Bixler, yeah, and those guys they were from at the drive-in, who was a band in the late nineties, who was, you know, kind of, kind of an emo, not pop punk, but you know, like that emo, emo core, whatever version of that. Yeah, yeah, I love that band. Now I'll have to listen to them, but then I'll need I'll need a day off from music completely the next time. Yes, come join that was, me. That was big music for my col- uh, end of high school and college days because that's basically all their stuff came out between like 2003 and 2010, 2011. Yeah, because I think when I first got into them, it was, yeah, it was, it, well, let me see. When did the first record come out? I th- it was pretty fairly early on. Yeah, 2003. 2003, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I probably got that album right around the time that it actually came out because they were a new band. And, uh, you know, I liked it then. So, and then, yeah, Francis the Mutant, so on. But, um, but yeah, man, the Mars Volta, you can't go wrong. You know, just be prepared to be exhausted by the end, but in a good way. I think it's yeah, a good, yeah. it's a good musical exhaustion, kind of yeah. like a what the fuck just happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. yeah, right on, guys. Right on, right on. So, there you have it. It's been a garage. It's been a garage. We've gotten in We've it. Gotten into We've it. gotten in it. Now we're getting out. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It's like the intro to Detroit Rock City. Real quick, sidebar, we wish a speedy recovery to Paul Stanley and uh, Gene Simmons from their COVID diagnoses. Just Paul. No, yeah. Gene, Gene tested positive oh, Gene, now, too. Gene, too? Yeah. yeah, but we're only wishing well wishes to Paul, also. <laughs> <laughs> I think... He's going to be Paulie the One Lung Monster pretty soon. I think uh, Peter Chris and Ace Freely should get together and start their own Kiss band now. Call it Hug. They'll call it Suck. <laughs> suck. <laughs> oh, gosh. French Kiss. <laughs> All Kiss covers in French. So you get around the copyrights. <laughs> What's kissing French? Uh, bouche? No, that's mouth. Hold on, hold on. Let's do the research real quick. It's the, it's the content that people want. It is. Uh, kissing French is muh. With four W's. <laughs> Embrassar. Hold on. Oh, Embrassy. Oh, wait, that was English. Embrassy. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you calling. <laughs> I can't come the hottest right band now. in the land, Andresi. Andresi. Good night. <laughs> Drop, he drops the mic. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, 
and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.